You have your uh, little bulletin and the program. Can we read this verse together? Matthew 6, uh, 610. Only one verse. Let's begin. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are continuing our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. Prayer, as I mentioned, it, uh, prayer is a vital part of Christian life. Without it, we cannot expect anything would happen. Prayer is so important. And, you know, God desires us to have life, life in full, life in abundance. But without prayer, we, can really, we cannot experience that, the life that God has desired for us to, us to have. Uh, I'm so grateful for the fact that one of the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, can you teach us how to pray? Just, just, just ask John the Baptist, uh, taught his disciple how to pray. So Jesus personally, kindly, and he taught us how to pray. This is where you're supposed to pray. Then he started with uh, our Heavenly Father. As I mentioned it, uh, that that was very radical statement. In, back in those days, in Jewish mindset, the theological mindset, they never thought about addressing God as our Father. He is an intimate, intimate father. Uh, he has to be our father. He is one who cares for us. He is so consistent. He, 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 you know, he is so reliable father. He's always there when you call him. And he's so close to us when you cry out. He always listens. And he is powerful. Powerful father. He can do anything. Uh, but there's a problem. Uh, is he your father? Let me ask you. Is he? Those people are nodding their head. Oh, yeah, yeah. You say, amen, right? But some of you, you are sitting maybe, I don't know. If you don't know, uh, it's simple. You know, John said, in, in, in John 1, 12 said, Yet who, all who received him to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. How do you become a children of God? Simply, Receive him. Simply believe his name. Believing means receive him. Jesus Christ standing on our heart, knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. And he's going to have a special uh, relationship with me. That's the invitation, right? So I know, I'm, hopefully every one of you guys have made that decision. Lord, uh, though I'm a, I'm a sinner, though I don't know any, I mean, fool. Everything about what the Bible says, but I, with the little faith, I come to you and receive you the gift of salvation. If you have made that decision, that means you are a child of God. If you haven't, talk to me afterward, okay? Uh, I'm going to pray with you. I mean, this is so simple. I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 17. I simply just, you know, offered the prayer, Lord. I don't know the whole bunch, but with my limited you know, knowledge, I want to welcome I want to personally accept you as my Lord and Savior. And from that moment, after how many years, I never regret that decision because I became a child of God. Then you can start to claim his name, which I mentioned the last week, hallowed be thy name. That's what that means, hallowed be thy name. We can offer the prayer. Christian journeys, five icons, constantly discovering the name of God. Whenever you open the Bible, 
He is manifesting himself to us. So constantly discovering him. Wow, okay, now today I, I discover this is the name of God. And you start to claim the name. Lord, you are the intimate God. You are the God who heals. I have this problem. And can you heal my heart, broken heart? Can you heal my physical sickness, illness? See, you can claim his name until you become a child, but you cannot do that, right? So that is the, that's, that's what, what that is. And today, uh, God is teaching us, Jesus is teaching us phrase by phrase, and this is the phrase that we're going to cover today. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom, not my kingdom. When you, when you pray, don't seek your kingdom, okay? Sometimes you do. God, I want my will to be done. Okay? I mean, don't even sometimes we threat, threat God to try to fulfill my own will. No, don't. That's not prayer. That's not what Jesus taught us to pray. We have to seek his kingdom. Your kingdom, Father, come. Your will be done. But what is kingdom? What is God's kingdom? God's kingdom is where God's will is establishing. That's what kingdom of God is. God's kingdom. Kingdom of God means, you know, kingdom has the word king in it, right? When you allow Jesus Christ as a king, wherever you allow Jesus Christ as a king, there's a God's kingdom take place. Did you get that? Wherever you welcome Jesus as a king, there's God's will, will be accomplished and there will be God's kingdom take place. Then what? Then you, you are going to experience peace of God. Isn't that what we need? Don't you need peace of God? Since he's a prince of peace, he will provide us the peace of God, which, which we definitely need in our lives. See, kingdom of God is where Jesus Christ is reigning over as a king, ruling over as a king. When he rules over as a king, his will will be accomplished. Then you will experience peace of God. So, when you welcome Jesus into your heart as a king, where is the kingdom of God will be established? In your heart. What about church? Can you say, you know what? Our church, we experience kingdom of God. Can you say that? Sometimes yes or sometimes no. If you don't allow Jesus as a king of this community, this uh, church, this cannot be, uh, you cannot really experience kingdom of God here. I mean, you see a lot of churches, they fight each other, right? You don't, I mean, you don't experience kingdom of God there. What do you mean? When Jesus, I mean, he has to be king over the place, then you will experience the peace of God, kingdom of God in there. Your workplace, uh, family life, relationship, he has to be king. You have to allow him, God, take control. I want you to be king over this place. Start with your heart. Then you will experience uh, kingdom of God. I want to share three things. Well, you, your kingdom comes, your will be done. The meaning of this, this, this prayer. First one, it's not simple, but it is a prayer that I accept God's will for my life. This isn't really easy, easy topic to actually dis- discuss. This is more like uh, accepting uh, the things that we cannot change. 
accepting things that we cannot change. For example, way I look, way you look, way you, your parents, uh, your given things. Of course, you have to change the things that can be changed. But we have to accept the things that cannot be changed. Because if you, uh, if you don't accept that, we cannot experience a peace. For example, you cannot uh, wish that uh, you can look like somebody else. I don't know about you, I actually asked my wife, what, 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 what's the like, you know, like icon or handsome looking or beautiful girl this day? You know, like in my generation, Tom Cruise was one of them. But I said, what is that? She said, Google it, you know, like, <laughs> but I don't even know them, you know, even if Google them, you know. Uh, you cannot envy to be like somebody else. If you try to that, if you, if you try to have the thought in your mind, you know, you cannot have the peace in your heart. There's only one thing that will work when you cannot change something, that is acceptance. I must accept God's will in my life. That's what your kingdom come, your will be done. I, I mean, this is that easy you know, topic, so I hope you don't misunderstand me. Uh, not everything that happens in your life is God's will. Obviously not. But I'm saying, uh, when we pray to the Lord, you've got to offer this kind of prayer. Lord, uh, I want your will in my life when there's things out of, my, out of my control and I cannot change them. Did you get that? Let me try to explain, uh, explain with this, this verse. You know, I think Paul knew this, this secret here. I am not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. This is what Paul said. You know, he, he wrote this epistle, Philippians, in prison. Have you ever been in Rome uh, visiting the, the prison that Paul was actually in? I did once. It was a dungeon. It was a dark place. I mean, think about that 2,000 years ago. Now, even nowadays, like, wow. Smelly, I mean, I mean, now it's towards place, people visit them, but it was a dungeon, a dark place, but he wrote this book of Philippians. I mean, what's the theme of the book of Philippians? They be joyful always. How can we write this kind of book in, in the midst of, you know, like in, in, in dungeon, I mean, in prison? This is, you know, he said, I learn uh, to be content in whatever the circumstance is. So contentment is learned behavior. It's something we have to learn, right? I know what is to be need, and I know what is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one. I can do all things. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. See. When, when Paul invited, allowed Jesus into his in a prison, he could experience the kingdom of God, even in the dungeon. See, see, contentment is a choice. 
Once I uh, read an article written by son-in-law of Dr. Harrison, who's a professor at Fuller Theological Seminary, they issue the magazine called Fuller. And I read an article, and it was a story like this. Uh, this father-in-law, Dr. Harrison, when he wakes up, wake up in the morning, just like any other day, he had a great breakfast. He loved breakfast. Just like any other given any other uh, day, he thanked the Lord for good night's sleep, I mean, great sleep and great breakfast. After a meal, just like any other day, any other given day, he had a devotion time with his wife. But it was the day after his 32 years old daughter passed away. But he kept himself in peace and he truly believed. God's hands reigning over his life. And things that happen in his life. This isn't easy. Yet, uh, Jesus Christ, I mean, is, is teaching us to offer this kind of prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Accepting God's will in our lives. Somehow we have to learn that. And second point, uh, it is prayer that I totally surrender to God's control. That's what thy kingdom come, thou will be done means. Uh, this is a pr- prayer saying to God, God, you are in control. Surrender means raising the white flag, right? It means giving up, forfeiting the game, saying, I've lost, you won. This is the only pathway to peace. Do not try to fight with God because when you do that, you lose. I mean, don't. Because I I observe many times, even in my life, uh, and see from others, they are fighting with God and end up having all this anxiety, uh, depression, stress. You can win over God. You know, dog, when they fight, and when a dog feel like, I don't think I can beat this, you know, beat dog, what they do is just lay down and show them vulnerable part of the, their body, like neck and stomach. By me, I, I surrender, I give up. That's the only way the dog can survive. Did you know that? You can get severely hurt, but that's the only way. Don't try and fight with God. He knows. He knows us so well. He wants to bless us. He doesn't want to like, you know, control you and you know, giving you a hard time. Only way to survive is surrender to him. We have, actually, we have a controlling issue. Constantly we ask, uh, am I trying to pursue my will or am I really pursuing God's will? We constantly, you know, like, that's the issue, you know, ego issue. Like, you know, I want, you know, like, you know, even in prayer, sometimes we're using God's name. Using, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm doing for God, you know, and actually trying to fulfill your own will. I heard this guy who was in diet tried to, you know, get rid of all the sweet stuff. He loved coffee cake. And once he was driving, and, he, you know, from the bakery, he saw the display of the, his favorite coffee cake. And he, he offered this prayer, Lord, if it is your will, let there be a you know, parking space. 
Is that a seeking gospel? Sure enough, he found the space after he drove around eight times. <laughs> Finally, I got it. God, thank you. It is your will. I have, I mean, the coffee cake. Sometimes we do that. No. He's just saying, I mean, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Not your will. You know, Jesus Christ teaching us this, this prayer. I love this passage. Uh, surrender yourself to the Lord and wait patiently for him. We have to surrender. That's the only way. And, and wait patiently on him. The other passage says, be still before the Lord. I like, be still before the Lord. See how God is doing his thing in your life. And it's so important. Do you know a guy named William Borden? He's well known. William Borden. He graduated his high school in 1904. So, old guy. You may not know, right? But this guy, after graduation, he was already, I mean, he was already a millionaire back in those days, 1904. His family was so, so rich. And he was only 16 when he graduated from high school. And family gave him a gift, graduation gift. As a graduation gift, he traveled all around the world. He visited Asia, Middle East, Europe, and he saw hurting people. So he committed himself to become a missionary. His friends said, that's total waste your life and time. Why do, you, why do you want to do that? And in this Bible, he said, no reserves. You probably remember that. No reserves. He went to Yale University. First freshman year, he began his prayer meeting with his friend. Just two of them began to pray and read the scripture together. After a few weeks, God's adding numbers. So before he finished freshman year, he had 150 people gathered in his, his Bible study. At senior year, 1,000 people came to his Bible study, weekly Bible study. You know, back in those days, only 1,300, whole school, school body, 1,000 people out of 1,300. And he was doing, uh, in, in, in Connecticut, the New Heaven, he, had, he was doing home missions. Some, he, he wanted to help people out, so he, do, he was doing so many great things for the mission. He wanted to serve Kansu people in, in China. They were Muslim people. Kansu people in China, little tiny minority group. After uh, college, people, I mean, they want, you know, William Borden, you know, want to invite you, want to recruit you as a, as a worker. And he said, no retreat. He actually wrote that, you know, phrase, no retreat in his back, back side of his Bible. So he went to uh, Princeton for seminary, seminary education. After seminary education, he was heading toward China. But on the way to China, he wanted to stop by Egypt to learn Arabic, to study you know, his, his people. And he had, he got contracted by spinal meningitis. I don't know what that is, but because of that, he died at the age of 25. Many people say, what a waste of life. Was that really waste? No. Many people, because of his model, no reserves, no retreats, no regret, because he knew that he was going to die. So at the back side of the Bible, he'd say, no regret. Because of his, the Bolden's motto, many people, many young people gave themselves for the mission. 
Even today, so many people, you know, they go out to share the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ because of this guy. Sometimes we don't understand why, 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 why is it happening? You know, but God is in control. We have to believe that. We have totally surrendered to the Lord. Then you and I will experience peace of God. I love this passage, the Romans, the mind of sinful man is dead, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is a life and peace. When we surrender our lives to the Spirit of God, then He's going to control our lives. Then we'll experience the life and, and, and peace. Peace of God will reign over us. Last point. Thy kingdom come, thou will be done means it is a prayer that I trust in God's care. I trust in God's care. It is a matter of faith. This is a prayer saying, God, I trust that you care, and I trust that you, for you, guide me, and I trust that you are going to provide things that I need. Very often, God is so silent. I mean, don't you hate that when, when God is so silent? I remember my first movie that I that I didn't really, uh, after movie, I, I was like yelling out, God, God, how can you be so silent? You know the movie called The Mission? It's not, I mean, it's, it's an old movie, based on true story. Uh, these people were, evil people were killing the local people. And the uh, whole church was burned, up, burned because of this you know, invasion and all that. And I, I was like, how can you be so silent, God? I remember I raised the question, you are so silent. I mean, do something. You got to do something. How can you kill these innocent people? And this, the pastor, the priest was like telling, God is love. And he just get a shot and die. I was like, what? What kind of God are you? You know, I had a question. I hate when God is being so silent. But I want you to know this, you know, as I was reading the scripture, trying to get, get, get the answer from the Bible and this journey, God taught me many things and I realized when he's silent, that means he's testing us. That is, remember, that's a test. Do you know that? This is kind of thing, like, like, like this kind of deal. Son, can you trust me in the midst of all this thing happening in your life? Can you truly trust me when you feel like you're like a million miles away from me? I know it's a test. I realize it is a test. You know, we ought to say, yes, Lord, I, I trust you. I don't fully understand what's going on in this life, but I trust you that you are God, you are in total control, and you are caring God. Then you will experience peace coming from above. You can create that kind of peace in your life. Nothing change. Same circumstances, yet you have this power. You have this peace in your heart. Uh, when you go to Israel, uh, you know, Dead Sea. Have you ever been to Dead Sea? I, you know, I, I imagine I heard so many stories about Dead Sea, but when I went there, wow, it's like tiny. And, and you know, the Dead Sea is, the water is salty water. 33.7 is salinity. And, and you know, because of that, you can easily just float. When you just trust the water and just, you know, you can, you can have a really good time. 
Even though you're not a good swimmer, you can just relax, floating, you know, on the salt water. But when you try to get balance out, you can, you can be flipped. And the water is so salty and it can really damage your, you know, eyes. Sometimes we have to just trust God. Just, Lord, I don't 100% fully understand what's going on, but I simply rely on you. Trust you, Lord God. That is what God is asking, asking us. I heard the most, one of the most stressful jobs is working at the controlling tower at, you know, the, the near uh, airport, aircraft, you know, controlling guy. You have to, you know, land one by one, right? And send them off one by one. So it's not, it's very stressful job. Imagine working at LAX. So many planes coming in, right? So you have to name, okay, one, two, three, four, five, line them up, you know, like one by one. As I was thinking about that, I think that's what life is about. Life is one problem after the other, right? Number one problem is done, number two is waiting for you. Okay, number three is waiting for you, and four is, I mean, one after the other is just there, right? But I was thinking, I mean, working at LAX, it's like God is interesting to us, this, you know, some, some works in our lives. If we work at some place like Smallville or some other part of the, you know, like countryside, you don't have that many, you know, transactions. You don't have that many planes. Maybe you don't get that stress out. Oh, you know, I, I get too much stress out, so I want to go to that kind of place. It's not, I mean, you, you want to do that, right? But you, I mean, you can't do it because when God puts you in certain place, it is God who puts you in certain place. That's the thing that you have to accomplish in your life. I mean, sometimes you want to like throw everything away. And just, I want to go to a silent place where I can really get in a rest and, you know. Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, of course, you can do it, but, you know, I think personally that that's actually to avoid God's will in your life. Surrender is the only way we can experience uh, the midst of problems. Don't try to avoid problems because problems are always there. <laughs> Learn how to deal with it. You got to learn how to deal with them. Fight with them. You know, ask his strength to, to you know, tackle all those things. It's always there. But in the midst of that, you can have peace. That's what Christian life is about. I mean, that's, that's why it's exciting life in, in the midst of troublings. This passage here. This is a promise. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What do you mean all this? Thing? What's all this thing includes? All, right? All this thing includes all. And that includes peace. When we seek his kingdom first, then you will experience that. Last passage. I want to read this passage here. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God. As those who have been brought uh, from death to life, and offer the part of your body to him as an instrument of the righteousness. I like this phrase, offer yourself to God. I think this is what surrender, prayer of surrender means. Offer yourself to God. Lord, I want to offer myself to you, Lord. And he will delight me. Okay, I take that. And he's going to bless us, empower us to live the life that he desires us to live. Uh, Taylor, what's his name? I can recall his name. Hudson Taylor. 
he was a missionary. Uh, he, he gave himself for the Indian mission in China. He gave himself you know, the whole life. He gave whole life. And, and people were asking, well, what, what was the secret that you lived in a like, happy and committed life? He said, you know, as a like, musician to uh, tune, 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 up, tune in with the, the, the instrument, every morning, I asked the Lord, Lord, what did you will in my life today? Then he tried to tune in with God's will. I think that was the secret. I think that's very that's profound teaching there. As we begin this week, try to ask God, Lord, what is your will in my life? I want to tune in with you. Your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord. Uh, I think that's tremendous, powerful prayer. Let, let's pray together. Can you ask the Lord, uh, Lord, what are you trying to say to me today? What should I hold on? What, what truth should I hold on to today, Lord, as we begin this, this brand new week? Why don't you ask that question to the Lord, and He's going to give you, He's going to speak to you in your heart. If He gives you the thought, maybe you hold on to that thought and pray to the Lord. I'm going to spend a few minutes in prayer. Lord, today I pray the prayer of surrender, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. Help me to say, Father God, uh, help me to offer the prayer every day. Help me to change the things that I can, but to accept the things that cannot be changed. Today, Lord, I accept your plan and your will in my life. I surrender to your control, and I'm going to trust you in your care. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.